So welcome back again to the second part of Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined uh, by Shane Ambrose and the other end of the Skype line. And again, Father Dan is still with us here in studio. Father Dan Carroll, Salesian. And Father Dan is going to lead us in to, to some reflections, maybe, and some information on the Salesians here in Ireland. Shane, um, where would you like to start having a chat with Father Dan? Because I know you, you've been thinking about this programme for a few weeks, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I suppose we've been trying to we've try, trying to get a day which suited everyone because, of course, um, Salesians. For I suppose for most people in West Limerick, the Salesians and the name of the Salesians will be associated very much with Palace Kennery and with the school in Copswood. For our listeners in the city, it's probably much more associated with the Good Sisters and their the school that they had um, that they have even. Uh, in, in in the city. So we, we were looking for Father Dan to come on the programme because, of course, this year, the Salesians in Ireland mark a very particular uh, anniversary because it is the centenary, the 100th anniversary of their first arrival in Ireland, which happened to be in Limerick in 1919. And so, Father Dan, you, you've been busy celebrating 100 years. Yes, we've been celebrating. Uh, uh, um, we have, Shane. Um we last eighth uh, of December of two thousand and eighteen, we began formally with a, a mass, and uh, many invited people, past pupils, people connected with the Salesians uh, in Palace Kenway. And since then, we've uh, there have been a few things happening. The rector major, uh, this is what we call the man who who is the current successor of Saint John Bosco, the founder of the Salesians. He's a Spanish man, Ankel uh, Artimes Fernandez. Uh, he visited uh, uh, the country in February and visited all the different Salesian communities. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was a big drive in terms of animating and encouraging us and uh, 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 trying to get us to go, to go forward and confidence the future. And it was also very, a very uh, joyful and happy occasion. Uh, and uh, that was the, the, the really big thing. Um, we, at, at, on that occasion as well, we got a a video uh, which was kind of expressing and talking about the history of the Salesians in Ireland and uh, Salesians who are still alive and remember the early days uh, are taking part in that. So it's an effort to try to um, understand uh, what the Salesians have done and been involved in in the country. And uh, yeah, before, yeah. before we go down that route, yeah. I suppose let's back up a step a second and ask the question for people that might not know, so who are the Salesians and where did they come from? The Salesians, are, uh, we're a worldwide congregation at the moment in about 132 countries throughout the world. Uh, the, the, we call the movement of the congregation itself was started by uh, St. John Bosco, who's now St. John Bosco, in Turin, in, in, in Italy, formerly in 1859, but really he started it, uh, his work in 1841. Uh, and that year he was ordained a priest I went to do a pastoral course in Turin to prepare himself for the years ahead in the ministry, in the, in the priestly ministry. And he got very quickly got in contact with the vast problem of youth, the abandoned youth uh, in Turin at that time. There was a major problem. The prisons were full, full of, uh, of uh, young people who had come from the country. It, it, it seems from about 1780 onwards that the amount of employment offered by farmers and the traditional skills and so forth were dying. They weren't meeting the demand, shall we put it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it was a time, of course, when 14 and 15 year olds from that on did not go to school. So they either when looking for employment, if their fathers couldn't offer them to local farmers or went into trades. And since these were declining, 
they went to the cities in, in northern Italy. And in Turin in particular, large numbers went, but the, the city was not able to respond to the great needs and a great social problem uh, arose. Apparently, from 1814 to about 1844, the population of that town, that city grew by something like 60%, and the essential growth came from the very large number of young people uh, who often had nobody to guide them, to direct them, and, as I said already, immense problems. And John Bosco, he was immensely touched by the whole thing and uh, gradually got to know them more and more. And then the 8th of December of 1841 is kind of seen as a key date, obviously, sorry, the 6th of December, I should say, uh, the, uh, is seen as the, as, the, as the key date when he uh, met this boy and uh, he spoke to him. Uh, this boy had turned up, uh, apparently, in the sacristy. Matthew Gorelli, is, we're told, is his name, and um, the sacristan asked him, can you, can you read, can you do this, and can you do what? He could do nothing, and he, he, uh, he put him scurrying out of the, the sacristy as fast as possible. But John Bosco went after them, had a chat with him, prayed with him, and then he told uh, he told Matthew that he would be back next Sunday and to come back and meet him and to bring his friends, and he brought some friends. And from there on, kind of John Bosco's uh, congregation or John Bosco's work initially uh, began to develop. And as I said, in 1859, uh, it was formally started when a, a number of young men uh, took vows to be members of his congregation in his presence in Turin. Okay. So then, um, I suppose the next thing was, from 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 your perspective, is of course a decision was made to come to Ireland in yes. 1919. <clears throat> First of all, was Don Bosco still alive at that stage? No, no, he no, he, 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 died. he he died in uh, 1888. Okay, so then when the decision was made to come in Ireland in 1919, what prompted you to come to Ireland, and how on earth did the Salesians end up in Limerick? And then I suppose the next question is, how did you end up in Palace Kinrick? How do I, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, um, when he died in '88, uh, a man called Don Rua became his first successor. And under Don Rua's pay, uh, pay, uh, leadership, the congregation spread quite widely throughout Europe. They already had come to England, and from England they kind of moved to Ireland. And uh, the notion was to uh, spread spread the congregation. Get the, uh, there would have been a particular interest as well in vocations. But also to to bring the charism which John Bosco had passed on uh, was was a very very important point. Um, the then Bishop of Limerick, a man called Bishop Hallinan, had apparently met John Bosco in Turin and expressed a wish to uh, to work with John Bosco. But John Bosco has, has, has told him to come home and that you will you will do a lot of work for me in Ireland. And uh, uh, then eventually. Uh, the Salesians began to come and thought about and were planning to come to Ireland and they eventually connected with Bishop Hallinan who directed him to Palace Kinry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it was seen that there were a lot of other, a lot of congregations involved in different work, different social work of varying kinds but that there was a great need for somebody to work in the area of skills in particular in the area of agriculture. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they were encouraged and they started a, 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 an agricultural college in Palace Kinry which would have been very consistent with the work which John Bosco started because what he did really was initially was to bring uh, young people into his uh, into his oratory, as it was called, and gave them skills in any way he could provide them skills so that they could uh, get back into life and mm. uh, become what he called good citizens or normal people. And at that, he was very successful. 
Okay, so you're right. So, so it was. So actually, what you started in Coffswood was actually the agricultural college, and then that's correct. It, yeah. progressed, it progressed, if you like, to the secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, how many, how many, how many, how I say, how many students have passed through the gates of the agricultural college? Would you have any idea? Off the top oh, of your head? I have no idea, really. There are eight hundred a year at the moment. But I believe it or not, but. Uh, uh, for many years, I think it would probably be down to 40, 50, the new one probably 200, 150. So okay. if you were to take, say, uh, 100 years by 100, uh, that might be some sort of a guess, you know, but uh, I, yeah. I, I, I I, don't really know how many would have passed. No, no, that's fair enough. That's that's fair enough. And I suppose in terms of so the, the, the solution, the solutions arrived, they started in Copswood. But obviously you've spread throughout, um, you spread throughout the country, if you like. So in terms of in terms of ministries that the solutions are involved in today um, across across the country. So for example, I know that the solutions have the parish of Our Lady Help of Christians yeah, yeah, in Milford, yeah, yeah. and they work in the uh, the, 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 the the chaplaincy yeah. at the University of Limerick. What other what other ministries are you involved with? Well, we be basically in our schools now. It's more at the, at the chaplaincy levels. We would be we would be involved in. Uh, we're also trying to a lot of us are involved in putting in, in, in establishing the Salesian ethos and traditions in schools and uh, then in Dublin there are, are there are the, what are known as the homes for homeless down Bosco homes in uh, working from uh, Sean McDermott Street that's been going on since about 1981 I think it is mm-hmm. and you have uh, quite a number of, of youngsters who stay in the Salesian set up there and then uh, come about 18 if need be, they're facilitated with uh, a place to stay and 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 move on. And there have been wonderful successes there. So prison chaplaincy would have been a, would have been a work. Um, we've been doing a lot of mission work. I myself would probably be doing a lot more mission work from first of January on, uh, promoting, uh, supporting the missions, the Salesian missions throughout the world, uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, also media work, a little bit of media work. Uh, uh, again, that will be seen as a core part of a worldwide core part of a, of a Salesian apostolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salesian Bulletin is a magazine which will be will be produced in that in that regard. Um, what else? Um, uh, in, in Ireland, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so wide, 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 and varied ministries, if you like. Yes, very varied um, ministries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And <clears throat> yeah, no, that's okay. And in terms of, I suppose, the congregation in Ireland as it stands at the moment. Um, how many of you? How many of you would there be? Uh, things in the region is seventy, and okay. we, but we're uh, we're uh, we're uh, top heavy on the on the on the elderly side, uh, which which is kind well, of that's, like the that's a reality for most congregations. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But do you have do you have anybody in formation? Uh, yeah, there are people coming into the country uh, from other Salesian countries. Uh, last year is uh, in in two thousand eighteen. Two Vietnamese uh, young men were ordained priests for the Salesian province in Ireland. They had come about seven years before that and studied English and studied theology in Minute. Uh, at the moment, we have uh, uh, some people who are from Poland. And then uh, recently, uh, a man from East Timor became a Salesian and he's studying in Minute. Uh, as are, uh, I think it's two more people as well. So. This is what's going on. This is what's going on in many of our Silesian provinces in Europe. Is that from other countries such as Poland, Vietnam, uh, Nigeria, Angola, um, uh, people are coming, are being encouraged to go on the missions, and they're coming to us 
which is a change, obviously, because many Silesian missionaries went to uh, to India, South America, and Africa. So now we're we're experiencing it from a different perspective. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh, globally, how is how is the congregation doing? Is it growing? Uh, I suppose it depends on how one, how one defines growing. Uh, uh, in Asia. The Asian countries, uh, I've mentioned Vietnam, India, Philippines, the numbers, there would be a, a large number of, of, of novices there and uh, it would be growing just in numbers, but also in the work they do, tremendous, mm. extraordinary work in some places for um, for, for, for poor and uh, uh, um, marginalised people. Africa mm. too is getting quite a good number of vocations, but a massive drop in Europe, uh, uh, South America, Australia and uh, they are getting some vocation things in the United States, but I'm not up to date with regard to what kind of numbers and how they compare with the past. Mm. That's, that's, that's and in the, terms of, I suppose, in terms of the, the, you know, the Salesian congregation, Father Dan, like, you know, you're celebrating 100 years in Ireland. And obviously, as a congregation, you'd like to still be around to continue the work on the cars yeah, yeah, yeah. and on Bosco. But I suppose if you were, if you were, you know, we've been kind of, if you like, we've been very um, academic in terms of talk about numbers and, and mm. what, the ministries that are involved. But if I was to say to you this morning, what does it mean to be a Salesian? What way would you think you could respond to that? Because obviously being a Salesian, while you'll have a congregational response, each Salesian will have their own um, mm. understanding of that as well. Yeah, but yeah. So if I was to say to you this morning, Father Dan, what does it mean to you to be a Salesian in Ireland today? Uh, it's to be a person of faith, first of all. Also to be a person who is trying to uh, reimagine the charism of the gift which John Bosco uh, was blessed with and has passed on to us, which is ba which is essentially um, a, for the evangelisation and the education of young people, in particular those poor and those who are, who are marginalised. And I suppose for me, uh, in the current times, what it would be that I'm part of a, of a community, the part of a community of Salesian brothers who are working together uh, in the spirit of not just John Bosco, but the spirit of St. Francis de Sales, because that's where the Salesian, the term Salesian comes from. Uh, I was just going to ask you that, actually. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. St. John Bosco was immensely impressed by the gentleness and the kindness of uh, of Francis de Sales, and he uh, uh, wanted to make sure his Salesians were were very much in that spirit. Uh, and maybe we'll maybe come back to the word spirit, the Don Bosco spirit, uh, in, in a moment. But that would be it, you know. And uh, uh, John Bosco was a man for whom uh, um, the young people, these marginalised young people, whom nobody didn't seem to take care of, whom they dearly loved and dearly cherished, and there are many, many examples of that. Uh, so one of the famous ones would be uh, in 1846 when he was near death because of, um, I think it was more or less pneumonia, and there wasn't a whole lot of hope. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed in their in their turns and uh, were really concerned. And uh, he made he made this extraordinary recovery. Uh, there are other instances as well, but he was a man who was uh, uh, his presence made this profound impact. And really, as a Salesian in Ireland, I think uh, uh, ensuring that kind of humanity, that having that humanity that invites, that raises curiosity, and that uh, lets people know, let young people know that. Uh, they're loved and cherished by God uh, and uh, uh, that uh, the love of God is incarnate in me or all, th all those who work with it, whether they're lay people or, or priests or whatever. Mm. Now you spoke there about, the, I suppose, I think you said it was the spirit of Don yeah, Bosco. Yeah, of course, yeah. that also links in 
very much to it's like there's a Salesian family if you like yeah yeah there is, uh, there is it's yeah. just it's not just yourselves the, the fathers and the brothers but there's the, the Salesian sisters although their proper title is uh, Sisters of Our Lady Help of Christians that's right yeah known as that familiar yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's right. you, have, you have the various in, in fact people. in fact Shane there are there's a whole lot of uh, congregations which have sprung up with the spirit of John Bosco I actually can't think of the number of them but it's quite big mm-hmm. and and in terms of, I suppose, in, in in terms of it, like what 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 you you were saying, you, what what does that mean? Like this kind of you know the spirit of Don Bosco. But I suppose the way, the way I explain it is maybe is when he started his work in eighteen forty one, he started up what was a what was known as an oratory, but a, a youth centre really, where initially they were coming turning up every week, and eventually then they were turning up every day, and uh, it became even a place where they lived in. But it is described as a as a place first of all that welcomed. That no matter what the person's record was or who they came, they were welcomed and felt welcomed. And he did it even when he was visiting in the prisons. There are extraordinary stories told about how he filled his pockets with sweets and cakes and cigarettes to cheer them up and to win to win them over because they, these were these were very very broken young people. And uh, welcoming them was one thing. Uh, it was also a place that educated them. Uh, in other words, gave them skills. Some of the skills sound very, very simple to us today and many of those skills will be dead, but they, it, it gave them the confidence in themselves and uh, they were able to take that place in society. It was also a place uh, where uh, the word of God was made known, evangelised, uh, uh, and uh, uh, he was very successful in, in doing that. And it was also a place where they made, where they, where his community was built, they made friends, as is how we describe it, and it lasted for life. So, so it was. It was. This was the spirit that it was. Uh, it was in the welcoming, in the creating of an environment which was happy and joyful, and uh, uh, where, where, you, where young people in, in with, with many issues felt comfortable and were transformed. Mm. In terms of uh, you know, you, we were talking there about the about the Salesian family, and of course. You know, this is this is the this is the month of November. So one of the things we've been reflecting on the program is the fact that our families are not just those around us, but those who have mm. passed on mm-hmm. that might be in heaven or in purgatory, whichever the case might be. So from a Salesian perspective, I suppose, our, well, when we when we have people on from a congregation, one of the things I ask them is, what about the heavenly family? What are your saints like? Our saints, <laughs> yeah, we've collected a few. Uh, we're a bit too young to have too many. Saint John Bosco is obviously is one of them. Uh, uh, Saint Dominic Savio is, I suppose, a very important one because he he was with John Bosco in his archie for only about two years, and he died very very young. But he was this kind of young person who apparently uh, was very inspirational, um, did everything to make sure that, that the oratory and all those there were happy, uh, and greeting and and uh, at the same time he had this profound faith. But he picked up an illness, which many of them did at that time. There were no hospitals and no medical care, and he died very young. But he's been made a saint. Uh, Mm St. Mary Mazzarella, of course, well, the founder of the Salesian Sisters. Now, I I wanted to ask you about one in particular. I wanted to ask about Mama Margaret. Oh, yeah, yeah, John Bosco's mother, yeah, 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 yeah. Because she was involved with supporting him in his work and also with looking after some of the boys in Turin, wasn't she? That's correct, yeah, that's correct. Well, she seems to be a marvellous woman because... Uh, her her husband, uh, uh, John uh, John Bosco's father, died when he was about two years of age. So and and that man had already been married and had a stepson. So she was left with uh, three three boys to raise, which she did under difficult and very difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, John Bosco's 
John Bosco came from a poverty background, which made being a priest extremely difficult. You needed a good, few, a good bit of cash and support to become a priest. So she did amazing work to support him. Uh, uh, and eventually, after great difficulties, became a priest in 1841. And then mm. uh, I mentioned 1846 when he got his great illness. He got him at his terrible illness. He had to go back home to her for a few months to recover his strength. And then he asked her to come with him to the to the oratory. And uh, it's recognized like that uh, her influence was extraordinary because she brought uh, she brought the motherly influence, the gentle influence, which so many of these boys needed because they didn't have it. Many of them were the children of, uh, of uh, many, many uh, who both parents had died, uh, a whole lot of issues. And uh, she also seemed to be calming influence in John Bosco because he was very idealistic and often didn't have his feet in the ground. But, right, she, but okay. the, the stories are extraordinary, really. She was the first volunteer, I suppose you could say, to the Salesians. Mm-hmm. But she, in a very powerful way, uh, created this homely uh, spirit, which uh, um, which is what we we really are challenged to uh, build and create wherever there are Salesian centres in the world at this point in time. In terms of of um, in terms of I suppose saints associated with the congregation, you mentioned obviously that uh, Don Bosco had a great uh, devotion to Francis de Sales. Yeah. But as well as that, of course, the congregation has uh, Our Lady Help of Christians as their patroness. Yeah, Mary Help of Christians. I nearly forgot Mary Help of Christians. <laughs> and you have a, you you kind of got the Basilica in Turin. It's kind of a big one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah. John Bosco. He had his dream at nine years of age, and in this dream. Um, it, it was shown to him uh, there was this field where there were these wild animals going wild and he couldn't figure it out and all the rest of it. Then a voice began to speak to him and said, you're going to shape these people. And uh, then suddenly in the dream again, they appeared to him as people. And how is this going to be possible? And this lady appeared in the dream in marvelous clothes and all the rest of it. She's going to direct you. So he understood that as he grew into maturity, that that was the mother of God. And he uh, has he he was he he said that very clearly it was the Mary the mother of God was the one who directed him and who was leading him always, and he sensed that what God was calling to was to to uh, uh, honor her with the title Mary Helper Christians, so that's our Mary that Mary Helper Christians pray for us that's the region prayer come, comes from. Towards the end of the life, he when he was reflecting back on what happened, he said that had he had much more faith in Mary, he would have achieved a lot more than he did. Uh, towards the end of his life, then he built this church for Mary Helper Christians, uh, this massive church. In fact, he built two churches really at the end of his life because he he had to help out the Vatican to building a church uh, in Rome at the Stazione Termini. There's a big Salesian Sacred Heart uh, church there, and he toured France and Europe, getting well, mainly France and Italy collecting money when his health was in a terrible state and he did do the same uh, with the uh, the building of uh, the Mary Helper Christians Church in Turin but he did it even though he started off without a penny uh, he has left us this extraordinary gift and this extraordinary church uh, so that's a little bit about Mary Helper Christians Perfect, well with that I'm afraid we'll have to bring this section to a close, John Thanks a lot for that Shane so just before we go for our second piece of music, Father, you got a, a prayer there you'd like to share with us, John Musco, prayer, please? Yeah, this prayer, it was uh, written first together by a Salesian in Dublin called Father Hugh O'Donnell. And it's a prayer especially for the centenary year uh, for the Salesians in Ireland. Loving Father, 
whether we look back in gratitude for how you have walked by our side or forward into how you will lead and comfort us, we know we are your beloved children. We thank you for Don Bosco, an educator filled with a spirit of fire and gentleness who continues to inspire us with confidence in ourselves and in our ability to act justly, to love tenderly and walk respectfully on the earth. As we celebrate the promise of the Salesian story, may we live in communion with all our sisters and brothers, together with Don Bosco and with Mary, the mother of his dream. We pray in the name of Jesus, who shows us the way. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Father Dan. So now we go for a second piece of music, and a piece of music we got, um, Father, it's the song of for John Bosco, titled Here's a Man. Here's a man, and the words of that were also written by Father Hugh O'Donnell, and I think it's it's Paddy O'Neill that's singing it. That's right. And they're both singing it together. It's a, a re, it's a real treat, but uh, Paddy does great justice to it. Let's hear this. Okay. This is a great Salesian song, written by a great Salesian, Father Hugh O'Donnell. He was a great friend of mine and he's now living up in Sean McDermott Street in Dublin running another Salesian operation. This uh, song encapsulates the whole flavour of what Don Bosco is about and it's written really well and you'll hear all about Don Bosco over three verses. Here's a man Stars above our heads seem brighter than the day. He offered hope, he made a family of the young by living free, spending night and day, giving life away, finding hearts. Ready to respond And so we keep the memory of his life Memory filled with joy and goodness Reaching out to everyone Calling us to love Bringing us to God with a message for the world Here is a man Who in his day Brought the sun to shine upon The orphan and the stray His was a home His welcome more than you could say by living freely, spending night and day, giving life away, finding hearts ready to respond. And so we keep the memory of his life, 
joy and goodness Reaching out to everyone Calling us to love Bringing us to God With a message for the world Here is a man Who came to say Love of God and brotherhood would brighten every day. Love was his plan, the laughter shining in his eyes, his living free, spending night and day, giving life away, finding hearts ready to respond and so we keep the memory of his life memory filled with joy and goodness reaching out to everyone calling us to love bringing us to God with a message for the world Bringing us to God With a message for the world